When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. up there kiss army tom and zeus hung over with another episode of shout it out loud cast episode 137 end of the road mansfield i'm not really hung over i'm just working on about four or five hours of sleep <sighs> yeah. yep dude i'm too old for this shit yeah it's just oh it's oh, it's just a lot of work Oh, oh. I'm too old to think I can do like concerts and shit like I normally used to. We think we're gonna survive the fucking cruise. We're gonna end up just fucking dead. Yeah. You're just gonna find us. We're just, <laughs> just gonna find our bodies fucking floating. We're gonna do the first night, and then the rest of the crew is gonna be in the cabin, just hanging out, ordering room service. <laughs> you got any more of those chicken fingers I can have? <laughs> can I get a club sandwich, please? <laughs> Oh man, oh, man, yep. All it's right, so good stuff. We obviously went to the concert last night. We're recording on Thursday when we really record on Wednesday. Yep. So we're trying to get this thing done. We've got a little bit of a low energy podcast going today because we're trying to copy the low energy performance by one of the members. But we'll get to that. Oh. Um, Tom, what we usually do. On this podcast is we talk about the previous week before we go on to the new week. What did we do last week? Last week, great episode talking to the legendary drummer, Mr. Carmine, a piece. Tons of fun with with him. Uh, Just brutally honest, forthcoming, just great guy. Great interview. Uh, And of course, the uh, the episodes always start with polls related to that. And uh, the poll that we had was besides his work with Paul Stanley, who is your favorite artist that Carmine worked with? And we, we kept the options to like the solo artists. We didn't put in Blue Murder or King Cobra. Uh, so with the options were Jeff Beck, Ozzy, John Sykes and Rod Stewart. No surprise here. Ozzy ran away with it with 56 percent. Rod Stewart at 22. 
John Sykes at 14. And coming up in the rear, 8% of you have no respect for Jeff Beck. So <laughs> that's good, though. A couple people here, our buddy Lee Bruton posted a gif of like uh, Ozzy from that Bark at the Moon era. That was great. Uh, our buddy I Love It Louder, another Ozzy one. And then uh, Dr. Van Halen, MD, PhD, posted a YouTube video of Blue Murder doing Jelly Roll. Oh, good great song. stuff. Great stuff. Um, so let's get into some episode specific comments here from the Twitter. A lot of people had a lot of things to say about Carmine. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say the Twitter? Yeah, I always do that. Oh, we- <laughs> hey, yeah. You like the, uh, you like the Twitter, huh? huh? Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. uh, let's go on over to the Facebook. Do you like, you like the Facebook, huh? You like the uh, Facebook? You, you like the social media? Yeah, I do. All Is right. that like the Bill Belichick? Well, I don't really get involved in what do you used to call it? Uh, my face. <laughs> my face. My face. No. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, all right. So we got a comment from Scott. First poison bashing and now fine young cannibals. Please make it stop. Then he goes, you forgot their other hits. No, 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 no. Scott, we didn't forget them. The problem is that you know them. <laughs> and okay? you call them hits. Yeah, exactly. Please, if you have to, if you say you forgot their other hits, that means they're not hits. Okay. He looks like a lizard. Like his eyes on the side of his head. And just he looked like he looked at that fight, looked like a bulldog. <laughs> uh, Paul Tepelis, his drumming on the song Take Me Away Together as one off the Paul Stanley solo album was over the top, but I fucking love it. Uh, Arnold, yes. Awesome episode. Lots of cool stories from Carmine. Absolutely agree. Um, Ace Feardy. I love this guy. Uh, if someone had told you at the start of the podcast that you would have Bruce Kulik, Carmine apiece, and every other guest, you would never have believed them. That's a great, great point, Ace. Yeah, we're, we're blessed to have these great guys on our show. We're, we're happy, and we're happy that you're happy, too, for that. So um, let's see. And then Zeus, you jumped in and said, uh, legendary musician with a ton of great stories, but he's not what you would call a fan of Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> no. and, then, and then Steve DeDisco goes, yeah, that was hilarious when he said, He's a bit of an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Ken in Satan's service. Another great episode, guys. So many cool stories. Both Carmine and his mustache are legendary. Yeah, that's right. We got more comments about his (laughs) quote unquote (laughs) porn mustache. Love it. Love it. Clark side of the moon. Another great interview and episode. S.I.O.L. cast. Your ability to bring these guys in your podcast is a testament to your good work and growing reputation. Awesome stuff. Wow. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, our buddy, Steve, again, thank you guys for bringing us yet another great interview. So many great stories from a legendary drummer, not just about kiss, but others too. always enjoyable. Great. Listen, start to finish the best podcast. There is Steve. We thank you so much for those kind words every week. Uh, B Cruzel, love the episode. Look forward to listening and learning more about Carmine, Peace in his career. Donnie Ives, Carmine, Peace is the man. Yes, he is. All right, Jimmy Theodore, J4. I'm not vaxxed either. Stay strong, Kevin Jebson, which he spells wrong. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> all right. Do yeah. you want to take this? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this yeah, is right. just this is just silly. First of all, if we want to talk vaccine, COVID, politics, all that shit, go into our personal page. Believe me, I talk about it. I have no problem talking about that shit. Me too. But on our per, on our loudcast page, that's a fucking inside joke. It's a fucking jab to Kevin. All right. Kevin's right. one of our best fucking listeners, a friend. We've text each other personally. Yep. And it's a gag because we want him to go on the kiss cruise 
And he's talking about, I don't know if I can go because of the vaccine. So I am joking with him. Go get vaccinated. So you can come on the cruise with us. Exactly. That's what it is. People relax. Calm the about, fuck down. It's not about the hype. It's about the fact that we want Jepson on the cruise with us. Exactly. Yeah. And believe yeah. me, if you want to fucking learn something about that shit, talk to me personally. I have no problem putting you in your fucking place. But on the show, we love having you. You're awesome. Keep listening. Talk to me, you silly little freak. Exactly. So, yeah, let's not get this into fucking all sorts of fuck crazy shit. We're here about music and kiss mm-hmm. and fucking snapper flaps, piss cups, piss cakes, cukes, cakes, goober, king, yeah. fucking Mr. Feces. <laughs> that, that's, that's what this is about. <laughs> Serious discussion serious mature adult responsible discourse exactly yeah yeah so what do you got tom and we got lynch's lynch's hand says vanilla fudge ozzy rod stewart king cobra cactus blue murder fuck this dude was everywhere yes he was everywhere and he was awesome uh so that's twitter what else What 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 do you got for us um over on the book of face tom as you call it i guess the Facebook, uh, the book of face. Uh, we have comments here from Max Lynch. He did a nice photo. I don't know. It's like a cartoon thing of him, of uh, Carmine. It says, let me tell you how much of a train wreck Vinny is. And, uh, and Max Lynch writes, Carmine, knowing what is interview priority or my favorite part, then hanging and banging the actual podcast Carmine's on, which is on our, which is actually with us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, he writes, "We love that meme of Carmine." Yep, that was awesome. Yeah, so we're stuff. That, that's awesome. Yep. Um, and then Chris L from uh, Pot of Thunder writes, "Any Blue Murder talk?" Yes. <laughs> uh, Mike Rowan, great interview. Oh, here's another one, Tom. Seuss continues to make little comments on getting vaccinated. Bummer. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking slip back about five minutes. Uh, no, I would say about two minutes ago. And listen to what I just said. Jesus Christ. The sensitivity hit. Fucking relax. Fucking calm down. Fucking people. God. Oh. It's like all of a sudden fucking all of our audience listeners are Paul Stanley's. <laughs> relax. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hanging and banging. Thanks to Christian Swain. Pantheon podcast. For the intro to yep. Tom and Zeus. Thanks, guys, for interviewing our Carmine apiece. Awesome. Yep. Absolutely. Jack Pinocchio. We need a Carmine Apiece Part 2 interview. This was a great insight to a deep behind the scene world. But I will say Carmine talking normal 
was a better ace impression than his ace impression. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I can't wait to hear from Carmine again. Nice. Yeah, yeah Ace. You know, and I saw them. And I talked to him. I know him. I know him. Then I know Ace Freely. Hey, yo, hey, Ace Freely. Yeah, yeah. He talked and name dropped like 50 people. The oh. only one without any like uh, push from us. I don't know what he does in Ace Impression. That was so great. That totally caught me off guard. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So over on our Loudcasters group page, great episode. You guys got to have more guests like this. Tom, shoot big and try for Getty or Alex. Yeah. And then I think I responded. Yeah, that's the week I'll be doing the show solo. <laughs> that's from Sean DeHaan. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a big, big Rush fan. Sean. All right, baby. Oh, I like Sean, but why does he have to talk like that? <laughs> um, Ken Ryan. Great interview. Too bad Zeus didn't share the I want you story with Carmine. <laughs> Ah, is that yeah. what it does? <laughs> hey, Carmine. Uh, yeah, oh, hold on. Let me cut you off from talking for one minute. For, uh, can I get in? Uh, okay, I'm in. Okay, great. Um, one time we were at this concert <laughs> and the foul stench took up about four to five row deep, 30 seat aisles, and it stunk up everything. Oh, that's nice. Back let to me. Tell, yeah, let me tell you about the time I played for Ozzy. <laughs> why, why would I break? I love his fucking line of thinking, but come on, I can't bring that up to him. Uh, Brian Cruzel, love the episode. Totally going to look into his work. Love learning about music history and other musicians' thoughts on Kiss. Uh, yeah, and Carmine's a great one. He's worked with some of the best in the industry, so check him out. Can't wait to get his book either. His book's going to be amazing. Yeah, yep. uh, Michael Murphy. It's quite apparent that Mr. Peace has no more fucks to give, which makes for a great listen. Yep. Great interview, fellas. Although I really wish I knew how Carmen feels about one Vincent Cusano. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot more to talk about, and hopefully we'll get him on again. Yeah, because he uh, there was a lot of conversation off the record. I'd love to get it on the record. Yeah, it'd be it, great. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a broad interview that we wanted to touch on everything. But you're right. If we brought him back. We could. We could get him laser focused on one or two things and he would talk. Yeah. Jason Warden. Another great episode. Really enjoyed his honesty and sense of humor. He played with Paul Stanley, Rod Stewart, and Ozzy. Three of my favorites. We'll definitely be getting his book. Keep doing what you guys do. Entertain us. Nice. Should get his book. It's fucking awesome. Yep. Um, Matt Wallace. Swell episode, lads. My favorite part, when you talk about what shitty taste Poonie has in music. And women, unlike myself. Here we go. Take, oh, for no. instance, Here we the go. lightning bolt of hotness, Bridget Fonda. I'd eat. See, this is just. We, we need to stop reading these because then he's going to continue with the creativity of, of just disgustingness. <laughs> he's got to shorten these. Matt, you got to shorten these, buddy. But uh, <laughs> I'd eat a mile of her poop. Just to be able to kiss her on that mud cutter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is why this show cannot be listened to by anybody like <laughs> with family around. I would love to shoot my piss cannon into her cum trench. <laughs> Any hoot. Carmine is cool, but Carmine Carmen Electra is fucking smoking hot. 
That is true. But bet Sonny thinks she's ugly too. No. Well, gotta go as I am leaving a seat cushion. What's a seat cushion, you ask? This is great. <laughs> this is when you hover over toilet seat and leave <laughs> and leave a log from one end all the way around to the other end so that the next person could sit on it and it acts as a seat cushion. <laughs> what the fuck have we done? Oh my I feel like we're responsible for allowing people like Matt Wallace to have a social media he account. Was, like he, all these thoughts were internal with this kid. Right. And then all of a sudden he found a place to throw it out. We've, we've become like a safe space conduit for his filth. I don't know if I'm proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote, Tom. Uh, Adam Carlton. Is that the bass player for fucking you two? No, it's uh, Adam. I don't know. Ask Murph. Fucking heavy male. Who the fuck oh, that guy is? I don't oh. know. Been a fan of Carmine since middle school when I saw him and Vinny at a drum clinic. Nice guy. Nobody has been there and done it more than he has. Great episode, fellas. Joseph Collins. He was a big influence on John Bonham. Yes. And I mentioned oh, yeah. it a few times. That's right. Yep. Uh, the, there's so many uh, drummers that when they talk about Bonham, they bring him up, too. And Bonham brings up Carmine. He does. Uh, Sean McGinty, my dad bought me Carmen's Carmine's drum theory book, and I haven't looked back since. Wow. This will be a good one. Nice. That's and cool. Adam Carlton wrote one of the best drum books out there. And then Sean replied with learn all my theory there. By the way, it's Adam Clayton. Ah, close enough, right? Yep. Yeah, Very there you go. Similar. Yep. Over on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Terry the man. Eric Carr was a phenomenal drummer. I think he was as good as Carmine. Uh, Anthony Stratus, great episode, guys. Very raw, honest, and entertaining. FM Big Hair. We had the wrong PR people at Capitol. Um, yeah, laughing my fucking ass off. Oh, okay. That's kind of, that's so rude. Yeah. Mr. Antonio 2005. As a kid, two videos stick out that introduced me to Carmine. The first was, do you think I'm sexy? Mm-hmm. The second was my favorite, passion. Never forgot Carmen is rocking the sex police. It's a thankless task t-shirt in the video. And the backstory of the t-shirt is, I, I know this story, but led by Rod Stewart, the purpose of the sex police was a patrol hotel hallways in sabotage the sex encounters of anyone in the band or crew flipping over mattresses while while folks were having a sexual encounter as part of the nightly routine. I'm sure those sex police shirts would have sold like hotcakes back in the day and not piss cakes. I was surprised to learn he isn't in the Hall of Fame. That's a shame because based on his German influence, he should be as a builder. Great interview, guys. Learn so much from Carmine's journey. He is the real deal. Thanks, TNZ, for another quality episode. You guys are top-notch each week in my favorite podcast wow thank you very much that's awesome thank you he's good for something awesome yep um marty white is back yeah we Uh, we missed uh him last week Uh oh Uh, as you know i was a representative at a temp agency in nashville a few years back here we go one day there was a job open for a makeup salesperson at the local department store that was around the time we we had a new client looking for part-time work we were intrigued because of the new client's list of references was the name carmine apiece I was a bit older than the 22-year-old twats that worked there, so I knew who he was. 
and I chose him to call for the reference. At first, Carmine thought the call was a prank, but when he realized it was, he said, Vinny's very talented, but he's a bit of an asshole. I scheduled Vinny for an interview despite the warning. Vinny came to the interview looking like an Italian-American version of Hillary Clinton. I took a chance on him, gave him a job, but he never showed up. A few months later, he came to us looking for another job, told him I couldn't hire him because I didn't think he'd show up. He got angry and said, to all those people who don't think I'll show up, I say, fuck you. I'll show you all you fucking deniers. I'll have my day and you'll see. Sometime later, a new shop opened just outside of town. It's called Vinny's High Heeled Emporium. It closed almost as soon as it opened. The news was the proprietor refused to sign the contract for the bank loan. Okay. Good stuff, as always. Yeah. Marty goes off. I don't know where he's going to go every time I read his shit. So I love it. Thank you. Uh, And that's what I got, Tom. What do you have? All right. Let's flow. Let's fly through some uh, some emails here. Our buddy Mike H. Great show, guys. Carmen can write a top selling book on all the stuff he's forgotten, let alone what he remembers. All right, Mike H., you're the best. Uh, We got one here from Ryan Frazier. Hey, guys, discovered the podcast about three months ago, and I'm currently on episode 86. I'm 33, so I guess I'd be considered a young Kiss fan. My dad brought me up on the band as young as I can remember. My first concert was the 96 reunion tour, so as an eight-year-old kid, it was pretty memorable. I still remember when the black banner with the Kiss logo dropped and they ripped into Deuce. I love your guys' differences of opinion but also the fact that it's not always a love fest with the band because they obviously have many flaws and missteps throughout the years. The album review crew episodes are also a lot of fun. Can't wait for the Hotel California one. And also there is so much anticipation for me in the Eddie Trunk episode, but I refuse to jump ahead. Anyways, I've been meaning to reach out since I started listening because I've been enjoying it so much, especially playing along with the lists, the drafts, and trivia episodes. Keep it up, guys. And Psycho Circus isn't that bad. Oh, right. sucks, sucks. R- R- Ryan, you were doing great until that last sentence, buddy. But it, but anyways, thank you. Great email. Appreciate appreciate that. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the show, as Psycho Circus would say, I guess. Um, our buddy Angelo Capasso, Carmine. Great interview, guys. I went to a show in Connecticut, November 2019, in my hometown of Torrington at the Warner Theater and saw Carmine and his girlfriend do a meet and greet. It was for two hours plus, and the stories just blew me away. He also played his drums, and being a drummer, I have so much respect for this man. I think he underrated as a drummer. Without Carmine, we may not know a man called Bonham. His book is crazy good, but unfortunately, I don't think Vanilla Fudge will get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not a big enough catalog, and keep me hanging on as a cover. Nevertheless, you guys, again, hit it out of the park. Thank you so much for being well. Just you. Never change. Peace, my brothers. Angelo. Awesome. Great stuff, Angelo. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Corey. Wow, what a show. Carmine is a fucking legend. Your interview chops were on point. Well done. I loved when he shit all of Vincent. I met Vinny at a kiss convention in Toronto in the early 90s. He couldn't have been any weirder. Before he came out, his handler took the stage and listed about a half dozen questions we weren't allowed to ask. Apparently, he's quite sensitive. Once he came out, I went over and shook his hand, which was also something we were told not to do. To say his handshake was like holding a dead fish would be an understatement. I appreciate Vinny's contribution to Kiss, but it's clear why the relationship didn't last long. Thank you for another awesome show. Keep it up, Corey Silver. Great stuff. Uh, Thank you, Corey. Our buddy Wes Beach. Great show, guys. Such great stories, courtesy of the legendary Stickman. I once saw him pulling out of the parking lot of the Rainbow Bar and Grill in his Ferrari some years ago. 
Uh, I wish that you had asked him about the Kiss Wendy Williams songs that King Cobra recorded, Legends Never Die and It's My Life. Would have liked to have heard how they came to record those songs. Great stories about Ozzy, Blue Murder, and of course, the infamous Mud Shark. I may have to go back and listen to this one again. Thank you, Wes. We always appreciate when you reach out, buddy. We got one from Mac Bornhauser. Hey, guys, as someone who has done three of his 39 podcasts on Kiss, I have to give it up to you, too, as the Kiss Kings. And I admit that at first I skipped through the reading of emails part. But now I'm a regular listener. I enjoy hearing what your fans have to say and what you have to say to them. Having a bit of a hard time right now is our flat flooded in early July, just as we got out of quarantine after visiting the U.S., We lost our beds, our couches, my daughter's dollhouse, and since have been living in a bare bones Airbnb with no TV, internet, or dryer for our clothes. During our podcast, and these guys do a podcast called The Ugly American Werewolf in London, and I subscribe to their show. It's a fun show. Check these guys out. Uh, Listen to your show or help me get through this tough time, and I appreciate it. Yes, many people have it worse with COVID, so I try not to complain, but I feel like a nomad in a foreign country with no home base right now. Please have Zeus do at least one. It's not your place per episode because it cracks me up every time. I love Ace, though I'm not a member of the Ace cult, not only for his guitar playing, but for his idiocy in Zeus's it's not your place brings a smile to my face every single time. Uh, They talks about doing an episode on the uh, icons collection, which we will get to that. We will get to that because it's a it's a compilation. Uh, Can't can't wait to hear how the show goes. Uh, Talking about Mansfield. Keep it up, boys. You'll never run out of things to talk about with Kiss and know you've got a fan on this side of the pond. The ugly American werewolf in London, a.k.a. Mac B. Thank you, Mac. And again, that's a great show. I do subscribe to you guys. So uh, hope everything works out for the better. I uh, hope things improve. And uh, thank you for doing what you do. You've got a good show. Guys, check them out. Ugly American werewolf in London. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and that is it for uh, for emails. And Zeus, you wanted to wrap up feedback with something special. Yeah, we have our... One more comment on Facebook. Sneed Rock, Tom. Okay. Fantastic interview, guys. Right off the bat, Tom delivers one hell of an introduction for Carmine, as if it was done by a seasoned radio professional. Wow. Gee, thanks for that compliment. You kept going and going to the point I thought you might pass out for (laughs) saying it all in one breath. Great job. Wow, thanks. Uh, I've been digging Carmine's and Vinny's hanging and banging podcast during the pandemic. And he delivered even more new stories on this episode. He was totally candid and very real. It was like talking, um, talking to one of the guys, as opposed to the usual sanitized canned answers you get from the industry people. Also, this is the deepest I've seen Carmine go into the Vinny situation. Tom was also hilarious when you rain, <laughs> when he reined you in and turned the conversation to Vinny. Yeah, that was great. He's like, oh, he's like, can I get back to Vinny? Yeah. He wasn't done talking about that low life yet. <laughs> this is Sneed Rock's words, not mine. Yep. Uh, I totally respect Carmine. He's a living legend and very real human being and tells it like it is. Seuss, your comment about Carmine in the magazines in the 80s made me laugh. Yes, that mustache was iconic. <laughs> Even before I knew who he was by name, I knew he was famous by the stash. Yep. LOL. I'm surprised you didn't pull out your Ace Frehley Im- imitation for Carmine. He would have laughed his ass off. Anyways, great job as always, boys. And Sneed Rock, you, my friend, are comment of the week. Good answer. 
good answer. Like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> awesome stuff, Sneed Rocks. Thank you. We appreciate that very much. Thank you for checking out and uh, taking the time to make a comment like that. We appreciate that very much. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, and to just jump, you know, when you do an interview sometimes, it does take two people, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can have the most interesting person. And if he's not sharing shit with you. Correct. And it's like pulling teeth to talk to him about the weather. What are you going to do with that? So, yeah. you and know, we've been we, and we've been lucky that a lot of our interviews have not been like that. No, we uh, we seem to find a, a little bit of a method in getting getting them to lighten up. Yeah. It's, you know what I really believe is a lot of these people that go on these kiss podcasts, Tom. They're used to the fucking, you know, footy pajama kiss podcast that are like, okay, I can only talk about this. I can only say positive things. I can only be happy. And I think it skews the interviews to be in kind of vanilla versus we tell everybody up front. We love the band, but there are no foot rubs here. We love to fucking joke about them and have, you know, and criticize when it's when it's called for. So we let them know that they can go one way or the other. It doesn't have to always be positive. And I think it lets them let their guard down and be truthful about stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times at the interviews too, and I could feel it with this one with Carmine is you can, you can, I think because we give them that, that kind of feeling of like comfort and, you know, we're going to laugh. We're going to joke that as the episode progresses, you can, you can hear their tone and they're, they're getting more comfortable talking it, it it eases them up a little bit to, to be a little bit more free so that's that's a that's kind of a good thing and carmine definitely did that carmine's really really good and he's yep. uh off the air he was even nicer so absolutely um, yep tom what we do next is we go over to kiss world what's going on over there all right so the big thing in kiss world this week is uh, is obviously related to the start of the tour and that was a few days ago when uh oh, fucking gene dude what are you doing The story comes out that they're having the painter, David Garibaldi, opening up the end of the road tour. But not only that, Gene has to come out and absolutely decimate David Lee Roth Uh, in an interview with Rolling Stone, which what the fuck are you doing talking to Rolling Stone, Gene? Uh, asks about Roth's absence from the show. Gene told Rolling Stone, quote, it bears noting that during Dave's heyday, nobody did what he did. He was the ultimate front man. Not Robert Plant, not Rod Stewart, nobody. He took being a frontman way beyond anything. And then, I don't know what happened to him. Something. And you get modern day Dave. I prefer to remember Elvis Presley in his prime. Sneering lips back in Memphis. You know, doing all that. I don't want to think of bloated naked Elvis on the bathroom floor. Gene, what the fuck, dude? Where did that come from? What would... what? He has always been so measured with his words... What would what would what would make him destroy David Lee? Roth? Not just say, yeah, you know, we thought we'd go back with David Garibaldi, the artist. It was a good thing. He just pummeled David Lee Roth. Why? What are you gaining by doing that? Why? Tom, you may not know, but he was even ruder to Elvis. That's the day Elvis died. August right. 16th. That interview came out. That's on the good day point. of his death. You're talking about Elvis being like an embarrassment diet in his bathroom, bloated. Like, it's a good dude, point. Shut the fuck up, man. It's a good point. Yep. Dude, I, like, Gene should know better. It's just, uh, what? Like, nobody wants to hear 
anybody talk about people about, you know, especially when they have their own fucking issues about their Correct. own band. Exactly. Like, nobody wants to hear a perfect person criticize other people either. So there's no way you're going to look good in this. What? Like, did, did David Lee Roth say something about you first? What the fuck is that? Why'd you have to comment? I don't know about you, but I thought Roth was better than fucking Kiss when he opened up for them in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. Well, you might be hitting the nail on the head right so there. That might be the problem. some of the theories that we heard. Okay. What couple, are some of the theories? Okay. A couple theories we heard was that A, uh, now again, these are all just Kiss yeah. fans, different things. Couple, couple, couple rumors, theories we heard were that uh, Kiss was sick of paying David Lee Roth because he probably cost a ton of money. Another theory was that David Lee Roth was upstaging Kiss, which Zeus just said it, and I totally agree with him. We saw them in Manchester in 2020 in February. All of us, me, you, Murph, and my son, we thought David Lee Roth was fucking fantastic. Even though they were using more backing tracks than Kiss. (laughs) But he had a ton of energy, a ton of excitement, a ton of, he was happy, he was smiling, he was smiling the whole time, Tom. Exactly. And the other thing is, you're talking to Rolling Stone. David Lee Roth is way more beloved than you, Gene. Yeah. You're not going to win this argument. You're not going to win this argument. And even f- take Rolling Stone out of the picture. Generally speaking in the music world, David Lee Roth is more beloved than you. Kiss fans love Gene Simmons, but generally speaking, David Lee Roth is a god. And not to mention the irony. Nah. Of- oh, yeah, I think hold so. On. Hold I- on. Oh, I think hold so. Hold on. I think so. David Lee Roth was a god in Ve- in uh, Van Halen, Vegas. I know. Okay. David Lee Roth's reputation took a fucking huge hit. Huge. When he started doing fucking just a gigolo. Oh, I agree with that. Okay. And then even worse, when he started being a fucking talk show host. I try to go head to head against Howard Stern and got embarrassed. Yeah, but people's memories of him aren't aren't of that. You don't think the last 20 odd some years he's kind of considered kind of being a clown? No, because I I think people no, because I think people just look at those Van Halen records and that's what they think of with David Lee Ross. I think they've seen the short here failed talk show host can't sing. Sammy blows him off the stage right now. Well, that okay. David talk- Lee Roth. That David Lee Roth is the image that's out there. A lot mm. of people see that, and he's got the fucking kind of Vegas outfit now with the fucking uh, ascots that he's wearing and shit on stage, and just he's I not think, the fucking I, 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 rock god he used to be. I think people our age, when I when I hear David Lee Roth, I think of Van Halen. I don't think of any of that other silliness. I mean, no, that stuff I'm, exists. I'm putting but, in perspective. I yeah, thought no, he was I got better. You. I enjoyed his performance better than Kisses yeah. uh, in Man- in uh, Manchester. I did, but I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, it's not Van Eddie Van Halen. No, I know. Well, and he, I also think, and, and he took a little bit of a hit the last few years too, fighting with everybody and being an asshole to Michael true. Anthony. Like they've all kind of taken a fucking hit. Yeah. Okay. But he's still very well beloved. He may not be respected as a. Um, you know, a, a vocalist, right? Let's call it what it is. But he is as an entertainer. He's never said anything inflammatory or fucking and, hateful, and dude, about, like Gene has. He's okay, never, so, he's never said anything uh, mean about another performer. Okay, but taking a step back, dude, you mean to tell me, regardless of where he is on his career, any like people in Mansfield would rather have seen fucking 
David Garibaldi, whatever the fuck his name is, than than David Lee Roth. There's fucking maybe two percent people would actually say, no, I'd mm-hmm. rather see the painter. If yeah. that nobody would ever fucking say they wanted it. So what do you talk? Well, he's not in his prime. Neither are you, neither are all those fucking bands from that other era. So what the fuck is your problem, dude? What are you That's- talking about? You fucking paid uh, have a fucking painter opening up your show. It is the most embarrassing. I, I think it's pathetic. I think it's a fucking slap in our face for this being what the third or fourth leg of this tour. And that fucking painter is opening up for you on your farewell to the fans tour and fucking spend some money and get a real performer out there. The fuck is that? It's so embarrassing. I mean, I'm, I'm pissed off. No, I know you are. And the other thing, a couple other things about this too, isn't Gene the one fucking barking and bitching and moaning about how rock is dead? Well, then take one of these fucking young up and coming bands and prove that rock isn't dead and have them open for you. But you don't want to do that because you're afraid to get upstaged by any other band or artist or performer. So you're going to put a painter up there. And again, I think one of the most tone deaf sheltered comments that Gene can make is shitting on where David Lee Roth is now and comparing him to his heyday. I'd rather have the memory of this or rather have the memory of that. How many fucking people wish they had the memory of you from 1977 and not the, the memory of or the band Correct. from 1977? Talk about not having fucking some ir- sense of irony, dude. What are you doing? Yeah. And, and this is the thing that bugs me. It's like there's never, ever an interviewer that fucking goes back at him with this. Agreed. Shit. So, Absolutely. But Gene, wouldn't you if that's the if that's the standard you're holding bands to? Aren't they saying that about you? Are you guys the same band? No, we're are not. You, are we you deliver every night. Oh, like he'll fuck be, off. He'll come up with fuck something off. like that. No, I know. How about this? How about the tape deck is broken? And now you guys got to perform all new songs tonight. Could they? Now, they're musicians for like fucking 50 years. Could they go out and someone say, Gene, I dare you and Paul and your band to play fucking 20 different songs tonight. Yep. None of the songs you played... Uh, in the, in the last five years, all new 20 songs. Can you do it? Probably not. No, that's fucking pathetic. Yep. I know. Kissing their heyday could port, turn a grab a guitar and play anything. Switch the songs up. They can't even do this. Come on. I tell you, I never thought I'd wish for pandemic, Paul, because combined combined with Gene's idiocy oh. is is then the Twitter shit that you were going to get into. Oh, he's debating. <laughs> What the word? Amen. And well, it, de- came, it came from this wrong. The Assyrians in the prehistoric Judeo-Christian philosophy mean, dude, are we seriously debating the Bible online? Oh, oh, oh my favorite thing was wrong. There is no Old Testament. <laughs> really, Gene? You're that fucking really? Now you're going to try to convince all these Christians out there that that that, that, that there's no there's no Old Testament. Now you're yeah. a fucking biblical scholar. Shut up! You're 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 competing for least metal moment now. Oh my god! And, and, and you're and you're being just a complete and utter pain in the ass. I I telling you, I wish Paul would start tweeting about masks <laughs> and bike rides again. Yeah. Well, no, Paul's too busy tweeting to about celebrities that ah. he wish he could be in their company. Joni Mitchell. Mitchell. Oh my goodness. And she's like, and she said that she still has the pinball machine. 
Yeah, for her kid, Paul. Yeah, you're like a child's band. Yeah, okay? Joan Mitchell's at a Chuck E. Cheese with her kids playing a Kiss pinball machine. Don't take that as a badge of honor, okay? Yeah, you need to fucking understand where that comment comes from. And by the way, I don't see her tweeting that she met you. <laughs> I I'm met glad some, we get. I I'm glad we get a guy that was in a band. I think he sang. They sang a song called Beth. Oh. Oh, that would fucking eat him up. Um, and then he's talking about Tony Bennett and then Richard Lewis alcoholism, how he over uh, good for you, Richard Lewis, for overcoming that. Dude, how about your bandmate that <laughs> used to be a crackhead falling down or the, your drummer who had Ace fucking- Frehley? <laughs> <laughs> hey, was I in this band? Uh, uh, is that what I did? <laughs> is that what he does? <laughs> Paul Stanley, ever see him tweet stuff about pandemic Paul? Ow. Is that what he does? <laughs> Dude, you guys have got to find that video. It we're, we're, not gonna funny. Say it. we're not going to say it on here. Paul Stanley, have you ever seen him? Ow. <laughs> Is that what he does? That could be a whole fucking episode on that one line. <laughs> He's just, he's, a, he's just like fucking half dead on the couch. And the guy just points to the fucking comment. Look, someone said he starts laughing. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we got through those things. Corey Taylor's band was in Kiss Makeup. That was online. That looked pretty cool. Yep. So that was interesting. And one of the guys is, uh, I forget his name, but I think Zach Throne. Is that his name? He was in uh, Bruce's band, so he'll be on the Kiss Cruise. Yes, that's um, right. Yep. Tommy got put in, like, I think the Oregon Hall of Fame or something. Yeah. For music or something. I don't know, but Gene tweeted it like, oh, congratulations. But the tweet got deleted by Tommy. So maybe, maybe what he, he, he got kicked out. <laughs> uh, you're, you're playing uh, backing tracks, so you're not going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, grand opening, great closing. <laughs> yeah, but it's all gone. So I don't know. But Gene thanked them, congratulated. And well, I you was know, put, I was put in the I, 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 I was put in the uh, Medford Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah. I, me and Murph. I got put in uh, the uh, Madison Place Hall of Fame on my street. <laughs> Oh, come on. We love Tommy. No more oh. negativity. Come on. No more negativity. Yeah, wait till we get to the description of the show. Oh. All right. Oh. All right. So uh, before we get into that, uh, Tom, we always like to give a shout out to our Patreon fans. Uh, Patreon is uh, an app that you can use if you want to help and contribute to the show, be part of it. Uh, we have specific things that we do for Patreon subscribers, and it's a nice little family. Uh, we have uh, it's actually grown much more than we thought it would. That's and uh, we have some fun things coming up with them. And we always tip the hat because, you know, a lot of what they do and what they contribute to the show gets put into the show for the rest of you guys and for us, obviously. But we put it right back into the show. And there's a lot of uh, good stuff that we do for them in, in reply for the, uh, their helping us. And we really love them and respect them. And anybody that's interested, please go on to patreon.com, Patreon, the app, or also you can see it in the episode notes. If you go, there's also a list of, uh, you know, emails, uh, to our Twitter account, links to that. And there's a link to Patreon. So thank you for all those that are part of the Patreon family and those that are interested, go check it out. See if it's something you uh, you're interested in, but thank you. 
Yeah, and like Zeus says every week, you know, and we both say every week, the gratitude we have for our Patreon family is just um, immense. And we thank you guys every week for all the effort, uh, all the all the things that you do to make this show continue to grow. The family is growing. Uh, we're going to continue to provide cool things on Patreon to uh, all the people that are part of that family. And again, we just thank you every week. Uh, we can't thank you enough and just continue doing what you're doing. And we're going to continue doing what we do. Yeah, so thank you again. And Tom, uh, ready to get into uh, this week's episode? Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Let's do it. All right. Now, this is our fourth end of the road uh concert right yeah might be the last time technically we see it we are scheduled to see him on the kiss cruise and you know obviously like every fan we all say that oh we're gonna make it to the last show right so i don't know about you but uh i my expectations uh were not high Uh, i i've come to the uh realization that setting up expectations for to be surprised at a kiss concert is pointless so going into this i just thought of it as like great i'm gonna have fun with tom murph is gonna meet us there and um also he's bringing his daughter see kiss for the first time that ought to be fun and uh you know maybe we'll go we'll see a couple of our listeners like heavy mayo 
That was it. That was my expectation, right? Enjoy the concert for what it is, but don't expect to hear fucking Mr. Speed or anything out of the ordinary. Um, how about you? How were your expectations? Yeah, I agree. I didn't have any. Um, I was excited to go because it was the first time for the end of the road concert that we were going to be at an outdoor venue. We'd be able to tailgate and hang out and see the crowd because all the other shows we did Mohegan indoors, Boston indoors, Manchester indoors. So this was the first time we were going to have a summertime outdoor kiss experience. So I was looking forward to that. As far as the show, I wasn't expecting anything. I mean, we knew we knew what the set list was going to be the stage show, you know, Paul's voice, whatever, whatever. So I had zero expectations. Just I was just looking forward to hopefully it was going to be a fun night. And, you know, it would just probably be the last time we would see them in a venue like this, other than the Kiss Cruise provided. God bless the cruise happens. So our uh, the concert, I think, started, what, 730? Uh, well, the Kiss didn't go on till 845. I think the doors opened early. I think the painter went on at 730. The unemployed painter. Yeah. I goes on, on at what time? I think it was seven or seven thirty. So we weren't there. But the reason we don't know the answer to that is because we weren't there. We did yeah, not go fuck in. Fuck him. Nah. So Tom comes by my place first, right out of work. Tom's got his required uniform on, tights, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we got to hang out for a little bit here in my apartment. So it was it was fun. We we battled around some. Uh, podcast ideas for a while laughed our asses off tom got to meet my two little kittens and uh we uh we had some fun doing that stuff so what did we do tom we played some tunes we uh we did some uh shout out loud cast stuff and then like amateurs i realized i didn't have a cooler oh here so we go. i took a couple of fucking bags not trash bags but what do you call those carrying those like bags? Re- re- reusable shopping bags yeah and uh, some of them were a little bit bigger than others. I, I dropped in some ice for my freezer <laughs> and loaded up the same fucking Sam Adams love beers that Murph brought when we uh, watched the New Year's Eve special. That's how uh, much we drink. Eight, fucking yeah. eight, eight month old Bud Lights and <laughs> Sam Adams in a fucking shopping bag. No, no, the Bud Lights are new. The Sam oh, okay. Adams. Okay. I, I don't drink them. So they've been stuck in my fridge. I'm like, oh, time to get rid of this shit. So we punched that into a fucking bag and uh, filled it up with ice. And uh, we drove down driving down. We're like, we're fucking starving. Yep. Now we got to get something to eat. So we drive by the fucking concert hall and all the traffic. And we find a place, uh, some house of pizza place. We get some pizza, a couple sandwiches. Uh, We put it in the back of Tom's new car so his car can smell like a pizza shop. I'm fucking so OCD. I'm like, my car is brand new. Now it's going to smell like stale pizza and sweet and sour sauce. This smells like chicken fingers. (laughs) Arnold's pizza shop. Exactly. Oh, God. Hello. You've reached Arnold's pizza shop. I'm out here now. I'm out killing pepperoni. If you want to reach me, if you want the pizza, I don't care because I'm not here. Um, so then I'm like, okay, I've already broken the seal. I got to piss. Oh, yeah. So we're like, let's go to the McDonald's here and just I'll piss here instead of pissing in porter parties. And um, the doors are locked. Even in Massachusetts where it's pretty good. No, because of COVID, they won't let you in. You have to do drive-through. 
So like, like I'm still in college or high school, I said, just pull up near the dumpster. So I could take a piss behind the dumpster as a grown man. And then we, I, we pull over there. Zeus is like, Oh, you think anybody can see me? I'm like, no, nah, I don't know. I'm just, no, I'm just going to look the other way. Go ahead. Go behind the dumpster. <laughs> How fucking old? I'm like, how old are we right now? As I'm pissing, I can see some a fucking idiot in another car back there, like poking his head around, like, the fuck are you looking for, you asshole? Anyways, we 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 finish the piss stains, and then we get in the car, we drive down to, we finally pull in, we go to the end of the parking lot. If you know Mansfield, uh, lot eleven. And we, we were so anal. They put you in two at a time. We're like, no, no, we want a tailgate. We can't be the first car in. Yep. It's like, oh, well, that's where you are. And we're like, no, 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 nope. come on. We, we fucking nagged the guy enough. So he let another car go in and we parked behind him so we can lift the tailgate up. We, do, we did that. I brought my uh, little Sony Bluetooth and I put our kiss on shuffle, opened up the, the uh, back of the car. And within five minutes, I see Tom say something. All of a sudden, I look over. I'm like, oh, my God, we're in the furthest parking lot for this massive venue. There must be a million people in cars. But heavy mayo found us. Yeah. After all these years of talking about Great Woods, which we still call it Great Woods, even though it's the Xfinity Center, the dream became a reality where we finally got to hook up with heavy mayo. We took pictures with him. We shared it on our uh, social media. It was a ton of fun finally meeting him in person, hanging out, having a couple beers, just shooting the shit, catching up. Uh, always a good time. Then Murph shows up with his daughter. She had on her Kiss Destroyer shirt. She was all fired up for the show. Uh, just a ton of fun. And this is one of the things that I was looking forward to about having the ability to tailgate summertime outdoor venue as opposed to these indoor arenas is that you this is the this is part of the constant experience tailgating uh and, and we had a ton of fun doing that yeah so you know you you drink your beers you talk you have your fun it was great meeting ray uh he's a riot uh even better in person uh, it was just a lot of fun we got some photos yep. we're playing kiss tunes we're eating pizza out of tom's car as tom's having a heart attack oh shit my car Exactly. And by the way, the biggest story of the night was the fact that Shandy came up on shuffle and Zeus did not skip it. All right. I was so fucking lazy at that point. I'm like, fuck it. I know you like it. We'll listen to it. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, Tom used the porta potty almost fell over because the thing was tipping. Yeah. Zeus goes, how's the porta potty? I'm like, it's actually fairly clean, but be careful because it's fucking not balanced. I stepped in it and felt like the fucking someone was outside going to tip me over. As I walked in, I'm like, oh, God, oh, That'd probably make me sick. Oh, yeah. By the way, we almost got car sick on the way there, too. Oh, yeah. Zeus is like, can you stop and pull over? I'm like, if you throw up in my new car, I'm going <laughs> to fucking murder you. I will live stream your murder on Shout It Out Loudcast oh, Facebook my... page. Oh, turn the AC. Oh. Roll down the window. <laughs> fucking brutal. <laughs> so I haven't I, I can't remember the last time I had more than two beers. I, yeah, I me, can't. Yeah, me too. And me so too. we're drinking beers. Yep. And and all of a sudden. Like the immaturity part of me comes back out as though, as opposed to the mature part. Yeah. Um, and, and all I'm doing is loud burps. <laughs> <laughs> and people would walk by and go, yeah, fake Fraley. Yeah. Cheetah Chris. 
<laughs> just being trying obnoxious. to instigate the crowd, yeah, just being obnoxious. And then we started hearing that people with face paint were getting turned away. Yep. And people, a lot of people put some time and effort into it. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was a little bit like daunting. Oh, shit. What a mind you, we didn't paint our faces, but we were hearing that people were getting screwed and told they have to take the makeup off. Yep. Bullshit. Yeah. So anyway, we finally finished off some beers. Uh Murph left with his daughter. Uh Heavy Mayo left, and me and Tom were the last ones to kind of get in there. We got in line, went and got our seats. We sit down right around the time they're still playing uh, opening songs off the frig on the loudspeaker. Yep. Uh, the painter's long gone. We weren't going to fucking. I had a principal. I don't want to see that fucking idiot. Plus, we already saw him once is enough. Although, although you could say the same thing about Kiss. We've already seen him once is enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fuck him. Honestly. Yeah. I'm going to be performing. Oh, performing. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You're going to dance with a brush in your hand. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> now paint my fucking living room. Paint everything out. We paint each other up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And not to, and another thing. Those fucking seats in Great Woods. Holy shit, dude. They're like the side. They, they're like for made for like first graders. Yeah, they're um like Fenway horrible. Park seats. Fenway Park horrible. Seats. Right. What's that? Fenway Park seats. Oh, exactly. Yep. Horrible. Like my arm, I had to put my arm around Tom because otherwise my hand would, my arm would be touching his arm the whole night. You would have put your arm around me anyways, even if the seats were comfortable. I had had my arm around you. Of course you did. It was wonderful. To the right of me, and I did get to snap one photo of her, (sighs) was not what you would call a fit person and or a hygienic person. (laughs) The amount of B.O. Oh. What, do you smell something? Do I smell something? What am I, heart is smelling? Of course I smell something. What is it? I think it's B.O. What? It's B.O. The valet must have had B.O. It can't be. Nobody has B.O. like this. Jerry, it's B.O. But the whole car smells. So, dude, was this was this was international. This was international bo. <laughs> yeah, this was offensive. It was bbo. Yeah, it can't be. It is. It's it B-O. is. Uh, it was brutal. Yeah. By then, the night, I was like, "What the fuck? Fuck it! I'm 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 drenched in this bo." There was just night. so much humidity and human <laughs> funk inside that venue. <laughs> It was just- and of course, before the show started, yep. there was like younger kids behind us, guys and girls, and they do. Yep. And all of a sudden, they start laughing. I'm like, oh, what are they laughing about? And then I'm like, hap- oh my god, it's happening again! Oh my god, somebody fucking shit! It wasn't Zeus. It, it wasn't, wasn't me. me, dude. I would, I'd be proud of that stuff, as you guys can tell. But yep. somebody shit. Yeah. Thank God it was short. Thank God for the night, the nice breeze because it was short lived. Yeah. But it was it it was like a punch in the face right off the bat. I'm like, here we go. It's back. (laughs) You know, you people take it one or two ways. They're either like offended and like, what the fuck? Or or everybody just starts looking at each other and laughing. (laughs) I I could hear them laughing. I started dying. I'm like, holy shit. Someone (laughs) shit themselves. (laughs) 
And it was a bunch of guys and girls. And even the girls were laughing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, so anyways, uh, the anticipation is growing. And we're like, where the fuck is it? They were late. They're They're usually right on time, right? They are never late. It's usually 845 on the button. Yep. They were they were about almost 10 minutes late. Yep. Yeah. And then here comes the famous announcement. Yep. All right. And it's awkward here in Mansfield. Mansfield, I know. <laughs> like, what? Mansfield. Yeah. Um, anyways, they'd make the announcement and then boom, the bomb the, the bombs and guns and whatever go off. And all of a sudden they come down for DRC. Yep. First thoughts. My my initial thought here, um, I'll say this. My initial thought here, right off the bat, and uh, and I don't know if this was because it was summertime, if it because it was outside, uh, if it was because it was the first you know post COVID show in eighteen months for a lot of people. The energy was palpable. You yeah. you could you could feel the energy, and I feel like the band could feel the energy because we said this when we were at that Manchester show. Everybody was sitting down. Everybody was sitting down the entire time. This show, I'll just say this right now as we start the, the as we start the the kind of review here. Everybody was on their feet for the entire show. Two hours on their feet, and the place looked fucking packed. If it yeah. wasn't sold out, it was close. I, if I cor- if correct me if I'm wrong, I think Paul Stanley commented on his Twitter that there was about fifteen thousand people there last night. If that's yeah. the case, that's unbelievable. So yeah. It, yeah. it was packed, it was energetic, and it was it was an unbelievable uh, environment compared to Manchester. So we tried to, like, you know, I try to time it exactly uh, between the Zeppelin uh, rock and roll. You know that they're coming out. Yep. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the curtain drops and you see them coming out of states. They still haven't changed the footage. It's the same footage than them coming out in fucking L.A., yeah, Paul still does the same goofy look, and when he comes out, yep. anyways, the uh, I put it on Facebook Live. A lot of you guys got to see it as I saw it. Sorry, the reception wasn't as good, and sometimes the sound and the picture quality didn't come in as good. But the the fact of the matter is, it's still like when you see it, and they come down for Detroit Rock City opening, it still brings you back to a place we're still suckers for it. Yep. We're still like, this is why I'm here. This is why I know it's the same set list. I know they annoy me, but this is why I'm here. And then you hear it and you're like, you feel you feel validated. That's why you came. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Right off the bat. I don't know if it was because I I know Murph talked to talked to me this comment, too. He's like, I don't know if it was because Paul was just super amped up and it was the first time he's yelled at a crowd in, you know, 18 months. I mean, I I know he did the Dubai thing, but you know what I mean? Um, His voice right off the bat was like, oh, shit. Like it was very pitched and, and creaky and crackling. And I mean, he got that he got that put together. You know, he kind of fixed that a little bit, but I don't know if it was that initial jolt of energy that he felt personally. Yeah, and I have to admit, uh, I'm a sucker for this shit. The whole show, I'm thinking, like, is he singing it? Is he singing this? Yeah. Is this live? Is this yep. where is he near the mic? How's his voice? Well, he can't be fucking taping this because this doesn't sound that good. Wouldn't he have sounded perfect if he was going to make a uh, backing track? Like, you know what I mean? It's yep, yep. I-, I hate the fact that I get distracted with that shit. Right. It, it bugs me. Yep. But anyways, I thought they did a, a very I'm agreement. I'm in agreement with you. Very energetic Detroit Rock City. Yep. 
But what okay. the big, the, but the big interesting thing was what about that DRC version that we both looked at each other? We're like, what? He just said something like, "Hey, Gene." Yep. And and then Gene sang the chorus. Yeah. And it was like, what? Wait a minute, what the heck is that? And it's a running theme throughout the whole night, and it's something they should have fucking done a long time ago to yep. cover up for Paul's vocal. Have the other guys help him out. No one would give kiss shit if people were helping out. So what you notice and. I'm going to tell you right off the top, Tom. Again, the MVP was Tommy Thayer. No and it's doubt. not just for his guitar playing. He covered most of the singing. He was singing and helping out Paul throughout the show. Yep. He did a great job. I mean, we said this before at the Manchester show, actually all the shows, but this one, they finally, I think they finally realized that Paul needs help. There were a, there were a couple songs where Paul wasn't even really involved in the chorus. It was I don't like even think har- he was involved in the guitar playing either. Well, we're going to get to that. Yeah, there was a lot of harmonies between Gene, Tommy, and Eric, and you know, yep. but but it worked. It worked. It, I, I, you didn't. There was it wasn't a problem. I think it, it suited the band. And no one's complaining if the three of them jump on. No, nope. Paul's not singing the chorus. Right. It's all right. Yep. We're yep. fine with it. Yep. Well, anyways, then they go into shout it out loud. You know, a decent version, and I love when Gene starts singing. Because he just sounds like nothing's ever changed. It's the same yeah. guy. And he's pointing to the camera. He's pointing to the crowd. You know, he's doing his thing. And it's just, oh, man, you you love the demon. You love this gene. He had a shit ton of fucking energy last night. Yeah. I mean, he was just on fire. I mean, we yep. said that. We've said that at previous shows. But he was he was balls out. And one thing I want to say, too, and I don't know if this contributed to the energy of the crowd and the energy of the band. But I think the small, compact stage helped the environment because I think it made the band feel closer to the audience. It made the audience feel closer to the band. And it also gave the band less room to kind of just loiter. And what I what I mean by that is when we were at the Manchester show, that stage was massive. There yeah. was a ton of space between the microphones up front and Eric Singer's drum riser. There was a ton of like open space. This was wicked tight, really tight. So there wasn't a lot of room. And when they did move, they moved with a lot of energy mm-hmm. and they were right on top of the crowd. So I think that helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I noticed in this song, they had lasers going that I don't yes. remember from the laser part to the show was fucking great. It was it's a nice little addition. Absolutely. It was awesome. You guys will pick up on that. If you think yeah. I don't remember it being like that. Yeah, I think you, you guys are going to notice some differences here. And for me, I think there were differences for the better with, with these outdoor like shed venues as opposed to the, the indoor arenas. Yep. S- some of the stuff that they compensate with, be- because it was a smaller stage, they couldn't have as many pods up top like they did in the past. But the, the laser stuff was fucking fantastic. Yeah, the other great thing I thought was uh, Paul cut his people over here. Oh, yeah. He people cut that. over there. Yep. The people in the middle. He That shit has been cut down. I noticed yep. it the last time and even more so this time. Yep. He used to go back and forth like five times. Oh. Like, all right, enough. Brutal. Now, I mean, he's still doing his part of his yeah. fucking master of ceremonies routine he does, but it wasn't as long. No. Then this is what got my hopes up. And it was a big head fake. Got my hopes up. Maybe they're doing something different. They went into War Machine as song number three. So weird. It didn't fit. It, 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 it no, and, and I, I we love War Machine. We love War Machine lot, hearing it live. It was yeah. great, but it was like, 
where's Deuce? It's always DRC shouted out loud, Deuce. Yep. Like, what happened here? And then, and then after Deuce, Paul usually stops and starts shooting the shit with the crowd. Yeah. And so they hear War Machine. I felt it was slowed down in the beginning. Paul is on the side of the stage. Tom is in the middle with Gene handling all the backing and helping him out a little. I, Paul's doing the thing. He did it throughout the whole night where he does this little fucking sleeky axle dance. He thinks yep. he's doing and playing the guitar over his head. Didn't even look like he was playing the guitar. So for a while there, I'm like, is he even playing rhythm guitar right now? It looked like he was hiding too. He was, he was way over to the side. And Paul is, even if, even if it's a Gene song, Paul ain't hiding. He's not over no, to the side. He was, it was just very weird. Yeah. I don't agreed. know what was going on. I don't know if he was playing guitar or what, but yep. I noticed though on this song, they put out some red lasers. Yep. When the, when the demon stuff is flying through the air and all that shit. And then when it just comes down at the end of the song, when it builds up, dun, 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 and all of a sudden the sirens go off, you know, me and sirens, yep. the red lasers. I just write down. Yes. And I will say, love it. And I will say, and again, I don't know if this has anything it had for me personally. I think it had to do with the fact that the stage was more compact, but I really got into a lot of the, the visuals for War Machine, the, vi- the videos, yeah. like the military shit that they had, like, the mm-hmm. you know, all the like whatever the dragon and shit. I just thought it looked fucking great because it wasn't the stage wasn't so crazy busy. We had that better it was like, view too. We had a way oh, yeah, we were we right dead, dead center top. Dead in the middle. So when the when the, <clears> when that comes that part, when he builds it up, and, and the drums go dun, 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 dun. and all of a sudden the signs are going off and you can see the image. It's almost like 3d of the dragon coming down. Yeah. And then when yep. it comes down, it's like coming right at you. And then yep. they shoot those flames that are frying my eyebrows Yep, and you can feel it and see, it, and it's hovering over the army. You feel like you're in the fucking, a scene from game of Thrones. Yeah. It is awesome. Yep. I, I mean, I love that shit. So yep. it really had me going there. Then they go into, uh, I think, I don't know if Paul did the comment and said it, or they just went into Heaven's on Fire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, some of these songs, it, it's, it's, it's hard to explain unless you've been there. Some of these songs just don't translate live. I think I mean, the makeup. I, <clears throat> I, I can't. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't think that, the makeup and them singing nah. the song doesn't work. I just, I That's don't fine. feel it. Okay. I, I just feel like the song doesn't have a lot of energy. The I other part like, to it. Paul walks off as soon as they get it. Once the they get into the chorus, yep. Paul's nowhere. He used to jump in on that. He's nowhere to be seen, which is great. Save your voice. We don't need it. We can hear the band sing the chorus. Yep. Right. Yeah. So he, yeah. And <laughs> here's the first of many. Uh, <laughs> this is when I first started noticing, looking at like Eric Singer looks like fucking Watts. Char- yeah. Charlie Watts from fucking the Stones. He's just now <laughs> like, said he we, looks we, like he has no fucking like like he's like a huge rock star got put into a band of septuagenarians. Yeah, like a fucking 70s year old band people like and he yep. has like, OK, I'll, I'll play along at this pace like I can play better, but I'll, I'll, I'll do it this way because you guys are old like dudes, even like when he's hitting the symbol, it's like. I, I I can't I I'm obviously I'm doing the visual, but it's just so like lethargic. <laughs> like he looked look, like he look, was tired. 
Last week, when we had Carmine on, Carmine even talked about how, in his opinion, Eric Singer is probably the best drummer, the best technical proficient drummer that Kiss has. Okay. And, and I, I, that might be true. And my point here when we talk about Eric is he is supremely talented. He, he really is an unbelievable drummer. I think it's kind of hard for him to hide his boredom. I think, I think these songs, not that they're bad songs, they're for him, they're just extremely boring. And you're right. He should be doing a better job pretending that he is excited, but he was sleepwalking through a lot of this shit. We say it all the time. He just looked like he, he just looked like he wanted to be somewhere else. He looked like he was at work. Yeah, exactly. A job. I don't want to be here. Yep. All right. How uh, many more fucking things do I have to print up? Yep. All right. You want me to fax this over to him? Okay. Here yep. you go. Oh, you Let's, need the TPS reports? Okay. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Can, can you imagine Eric Carr looking like that? Unenthused or bored Eric Carr. On stage. Eric Carr made everything he did look like it was the most kick-ass song ever created in rock yeah. history. He was fucking loved being on stage and said, yep. "Eric Singer just looks like." And yep. <laughs> here we go. At one point, I joked to Tom. I said to him, "Is that a third whisker that he has now growing on his face?" Oh no! I'm like, that's I'm like no, that's his. That's an extra double chin that he grew. Yeah, I, I think Eric Singer got got hit with the COVID fifteen. <laughs> Because uh, he, he, that's, yeah, oh. I mean, I, I know we shouldn't be talking about COVID 15, but uh, yeah. Dude, oh, he's he, just, he, lo- he looked like he had a couple fucking extra Milky Ways during yeah, the time off. He looked like, oh, this is a good look for me when he uh, did the, uh, the new buy concert, right? Oh, yeah, with the fucking little fucking <laughs> fat guy t shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to continue on that theme. I'm going to look like I have three necks and get the Mitch McConnell look for a neck. <laughs> I'm going to wear my fucking kiss romper behind the drum kit <laughs> and look as though I'm a fucking 80 year old man playing the drums. Yep. Bang, bang. Yep. He just looked like he didn't even want to be there. Um, you know, and then, you know, Paul says, Mansville, I want you to sing because I can't. <laughs> but the crowd was energetic. I'll give him credit. Um, and Paul kept saying this. He said this a few times, which is great. Paul kept saying, I swear I've been waiting for this day for two years. Yep. Yep. Maybe somebody has. Anyways. Anyway, yeah. Uh, song number five they go into is I Love It Loud. Ever hear that one, Tom? Yeah, fucking great song. Snooze Fest Live. Mood killer. It always has Throughout been for me. The whole fucking song, Paul kept doing the axle dance with the guitar over his head. Yep. I swear to God, he wasn't playing it. He was just fucking, he was playing with it like it was a toy, not like it was a guitar. Yeah, like, I'm like, it's just, it just seems like Tommy's the only one playing. Yep. Uh, I don't know. There's, there was something about me that it hit me at one point in the middle of the song. I'm like, is this the last time I'm ever going to hear them do this? So when they're like, hey, yeah, the crowd was right back at them. Dude, the crowd, I'm not kidding. The crowd never sat down. It was, it was, it was stunning. the best crowd of the fucking four concerts we saw. No doubt. Not even close. Yep. Most enthusiastic, yep. most kiss shit. Yep. Um, but we'll, let's get into it. Uh, so after I Love It Loud, they go into this song about licking it. Oh, God, give me a break. Now, I've, I'm on record as saying I can't stand this fucking song, but live, it just sounds it's so much better live than the, than the studio version. First comment I always have every time I hear this live, that riff. 
Sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sounds yeah, sounds yeah. awesome. Yep. I'm like, and then this is the first one. I'm like, is Paul singing? Yeah. Me and you look, we're on record. We're not, we're not those fucking backing tracks, lip syncing people. If you look right here, you look Paul, right there where I got the laser pointer. He ain't moving his lips in conjunction with the music. It's not happening. And if you want to see my next video, you can join my fucking panel. This was the time Zeus and I literally looked at each other and <laughs> and said, like, whoa, did you see yeah. that? And, and, and yeah. Zeus, 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 Zeus is like, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not we're not we're not sure of what we saw, but know. we both we both noticed something a little unusual there about Paul in front of the microphone. I just like and then Tommy had a great guitar bit going there on that yes. one. Um, a song that didn't work, I felt live for some reason, it seemed like. There was no energy in it. I don't know. Calling Dr. Love did not seem to go all right for me on this. Yeah, it was it was okay. It was okay. It was um yeah, it's weird how the how Kiss selects songs that are you know beloved and known and hits and stuff, but some of them just don't translate live. It's kind of a weird thing for a band to try to put a set list together cuz Calling Dr. Love is fucking great. I love hearing it. But yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, it's just, it's okay. It's not hitting. They're not hitting it out of the park with this one here. Yeah. I just feel like sometimes some songs are better going right into it. And yes. some songs need to be stopped. Yep. Hey, we're going to play this one. So you go, oh, it's calling Dr. Love. Yeah, I love that. Yep. yep. Um, it just feel like it was a little weird. And the song was kind of dead until Gene said, uh, pull the Jeb Bush. Clap your hands, people. And I he know, said, huh? clap your hands. And everyone yeah. started clapping. And then. People are like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember this song. It yep. seemed like that gave the energy. And then, you know, obviously, Gene does the end where he folds his arm. Do you know why? Yep, that was awesome. That's always awesome. Gene goes, I am your dog. Yeah, he, he looked and sounded great. It's fucking Gene. When, when Gene's not tweeting about how he doesn't believe in the Old Testament, he's fucking <laughs> great on stage. Yeah, song number eight, Paul then goes into and describes. He has to, like, lead the crowd into it. This one, your part's gonna be yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, you don't have to say she loves me. Oh, what do you say about you did some Beatles thing there? I like this song, say yeah, off Sonic Boom. I like this song, it's a fucking dud live. Just you think so? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I don't know if it's a dud live. It just. I think it works. I, I mean, I love the song. The they play, they song. played. They played it well. They sounded good. I'm not saying they they made it a done. I'm just saying the song itself doesn't really do it well. Wasn't, live. And you made a point of it. It wasn't a Paul Stanley singing song. It was like a three part harmony throughout the whole song. Yep. Yeah. They the, helped the, Paul out the whole time. The whole time you could see Gene, Which Tommy, is fine. and Eric. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Exactly. So I wish they would do that stuff, but this is the song and I love it. And I do love the song and I do like them playing it live, but this is the song. And it proves my point when about the set list, Paul, shut the fuck up that someone's going to ever say, well, they didn't play say yeah tonight. That's bullshit. Exactly. Right. If you played fucking, I stole your love. What is the odds that someone's going to say, I know that song, but I don't know. I stole your love. Yeah, that's why his argument about the set list is horseshit. Oh, yeah, we're not going to play. Well, yeah, we're not going to play Parasite. Yeah, we're not going to play Come On and Love Me. We're going to play Say Yeah. Yeah, because people know. Now, I get the point, Tom, about like all errors. Hey, Tom was part. Tommy was part of this song. And so was Eric. So we want to sing that song. Okay. Why well, then, but, Why aren't you playing modern day Delilah? 
That was okay, the hit but, off this album. But that's okay. I, I I get their point of playing the songs that they want to play live and they want to represent that one era. But then don't tell me that you can't change up the other songs. Right. What's the reason you don't play a different song? It's because like it's laziness the or point. it's tracks that you don't want to change. No, I don't. I don't know if it's tracks. I think we've said this before. I think it's just scripted, rehearsed. It's, Dude, it's there's it's no an, reason why no, they I, couldn't put "Come On and Love Me" and "I Stole Your Love" in. It's laziness to put a new song into the set list. No, it's well, already we, beloved. Well, look, they haven't toured in eighteen months. They could have switched it up one or two songs. They could have. They could have been like, "Hey, let's take out Psycho Circus." Hey, let's take out this. Let's take out that. And like you said, let's throw in "Come On and Love Me." Let's throw in "Parasite." Let's throw in uh, "Fucking," you know, I, I, I don't know, "Creatures of the Night." Or whatever they yeah. could have. They've had 18 months to, to tweak this set list and they did not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of not tweaking the set list. Next song. Cold gin. Number nine. I'm like, Paul, stop trying to do Paul intro to cold gin. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just it, it does. It doesn't work. There's no need for it. The best part about this song live is Tommy Thayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks, he sounds, he sounds great. Looks great. They had the black and white nostalgia stuff showing up on the screen behind them. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I don't like is Tommy plays this song on a flying V and not the Les Paul. That's what makes it look. It looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah. Uh, I also put, wow, Eric looks old and tired and lazy. Even on his drum fills. He's like totally bored. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, into his defense, Cold Gin's a fucking boring song. So, I mean, yeah, it just and then they oh, this is the part they don't help themselves. The guitar solo is Ace's guitar solo shooting shit up in the sky again, spaceships. And then the solo is even part Ace's like, Jesus Christ, you guys are asking for him to get his ass kicked by fans. Well, that's what they're known for. It's Kiss. They need to see what a kiss show is like from alive and alive too. like, stop it. And as much as I love Tommy, we both do. He's it's not, he's it's not Ace's solo. It just, it's just looks, not, bad. it's just not, it's not it. Well, it's just not Ace's solo. You've heard these solos for 30, 40 years. You know, every fucking note of them. Tommy's doing a good job. He's, he's just not, it's just not Ace's solo. He's just not doing them. Um, the other part to this is other than when people bring their kids for the first time, mm-hmm. why do I need to see a guitar solo at this point? Why do I need to see a fucking drum solo at this yeah, point? Every, every band does that. That's it just, is, I, is, I agree. It it's, is it's beyond tiring. stupid. Yeah. Nothing is going to be done. That's new. No. It is. It is a fucking momentum killer. But it's also that, to give the other band, the rest of the band a break. That's what they suck do. it up. Fucking no, no. old man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Song number 10, they do. And, they, you know, Paul introduces a song from 1985. I'm waiting for him to go. Anyway, you slice it. Yeah, exactly. Right off of love. Tears are falling. That's another momentum killer. Yep. It doesn't translate live. Uh, these 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 mid tempo, these mid tempo, slower tempo songs are are crowd killers. I mean, everybody loves tears of falling. Yeah. It's just not it's just not good live. I can tell you songs like that that do that. It's it's calling Dr. Love, it's Strutter, it's Tears of Falling. No, Strutter's it's, good live. Strutter, you yeah, hate Strutter. It's a fucking it's it's a mid tempo. Ah, okay. Okay. Eh. And same thing with Hide Your Heart. Like they yeah. just they're they're good songs, 
Yeah. They're not fucking crowd. Like, yeah. Like it just, it fucking whatever. So, you know, all singing, uh, pre, um, they're all singing the pre-chorus and the chorus. Yep. They're all jumping and helping out Paul. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's a big momentum killer. I put right after the guitar solo to go into this, the crowd is not get lifted back up. Nope. They just didn't. Nope. Um, the big thing I was looking for was the solo. Cause in Manchester, we both said how horrible Tommy did the Bruce solo. He did it better here. It's still not Bruce. He did yeah. it better here. And we both said the same thing. I showed you my phone where I wrote yep. Tommy's better, but not Bruce. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Paul kept doing the annoying window wiper. eye fucking <laughs> finger things over his eyes. Yep. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> the one funny thing I thought it was like, oh, no, tears are falling. And then for some reason, out of nowhere, Gene screams out as though it's war machine. He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh no! And it totally didn't in. fit the song. Oh yeah! <laughs> what the fuck? I think he woke up and realized, where am I? What are we it's doing? Like, oh shit! I probably should have said that. Fucking, <laughs> fucking low energy, fucking Jeb, fucking fell asleep. <laughs> I thought he was doing God of Thunder. <laughs> I'm you. Oh yeah! <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like them doing Beth. Beth, I hear you calling. Oh yeah! <laughs> it, it, it like jolted you out of the fucking slumber of tears of falling. It didn't. Fit. I and you was like, "Holy fuck! Where did that come from?" Yeah. I think Gene woke up seriously. Oh. But anyways, then they go into a fucking. There's just going downhill. This is, <laughs> I think, exactly. the point. Murph is texting us. Oh, we're yeah. losing Ashley. We're losing yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, Murph was Murph was in the section next to us. So his daughter. It was so funny because hearing Murph's report from his daughter's first concert experience, it was it was it was exactly right. Oh, starts off flying high out of the gate, then he's like, Ashley's sitting down now. Ashley's uh, kind of losing it. Yeah, <laughs> Ashley's uh, asking for the keys to the car now. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> We're losing her. Um, Psycho Circus. Holy fuck balls. Um, There's nothing good. The band is singing the chorus as well. Uh, I I couldn't do it anymore. I sat first time I sat. Um, Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Then they did something different, folks. And don't hear it as two different tracks. They start Psycho Circus. And when they get to the middle of the song, all of a sudden, it's a drum solo. Woohoo! Yeah, but 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 it's weird. It's like Psycho Circus like stops and yeah, then the, it goes to a drum solo. But it's not even like the drum solo like flows from the song. It's just like, wait a minute, what? They're just doing a drum solo. And then no, no, I described the drum solo. Oh no, 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 oh don't 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 worry. We're gonna talk about the drum solo. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's back to Eric wiping his armpits. And then pointing and then wiping his other asshole. I don't know what he's wiping. Look, you could say whatever you, you could say whatever you want about Peter Chris or whatever. Let me tell you right now, Peter Chris never folded laundry during a fucking <laughs> yeah. drum solo. Okay. I'm sitting here going, dude, you towels. Give a, I'm like, do you give a fuck about the audience right now? I mean, you're drying off your arms, you're drying off your face, you're fucking sit literally sitting there with your arms up, folding the towel. <laughs> yeah. And then patting yourself off. I'm like, 
God, how Fuck fucking it. bored What a memento. But then they start the song back up, but it's not Psycho Circus anymore. They go right into 100,000 years. And I looked at Zeus. I'm like, did they forget what they were? I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, it was Are like we the drunk. Je- we it was, it was, yeah, it was like the Jedi mind trick. I'm like, wait, didn't this start off as Psycho Circus? And They're it finished back. as 100,000 years. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? And all of a sudden, after the drum solo here, I'm sorry to have taken so long. But I, you know, it must have been. And then all of a sudden, you're like, are they just going to do like a little bit of that and then go right back in the cycle? No, they nope. finished with 100,000 years. Yeah, they never ended Psycho Circus. It just went away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. weird. Then all of a sudden, you know, oh. it gets dark. The lightning goes off. And I still get chills when I see that visually. It was great. It was the great. chills, the lightning, the bell rings, Gene spitting blood. Ah! This is where the smaller compact stage looked awesome because your yep. eyes, there wasn't a ton of things to look at. It was more focused and compact. So you could take it all in. You could take the thunder and lightning bolts on the screens. You could take the, the Gene getting ready to do the blood and being lifted up for it. Oh, but this was, this was a good, this was a good God of thunder. And you noticed that Paul didn't do his. Song. No, that's right. He didn't do that at all. That's right. Yep. Um, the talking part seemed weird. I don't remember it being like the, that fucking voice box thing. They, it sounded, I remember them doing it, but this time it sounded different, but I remember it. It has like pre-recorded. I, it has pre-recorded yeah. faces of Gene talking. Yeah. It just seemed weird. It, it sounded I mean, I weird. like it. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a new effect to me. I don't remember it being there like as much. Maybe it wasn't as distinctive and I couldn't hear it as much. But this time I heard it nice yeah. and loud and clear. Yep. Uh, you know, God of Thunder is still great. I, I love it. I just, you know, there's another much, one of those. Yeah. Much better live. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just like, am I going to see this again? Mm-hmm. Him getting raised up, even on the cruise, we ain't gonna see that probably shit. No, right? So, nope. well, anyways, then they go into Deuce, and Paul does an introduction to Deuce. It doesn't work. Deuce needs to get put right into it. Paul introducing this came off our first album, and it's on alive. He loves the fucking alive, alive, because that's his critic startling thing. So he loves to say songs that were on other albums and alive. And they go into Deuce. Now, is it a good version? Yes. Not as energetic. You hit the nail on the head. I'm like, you, this song needs to either open up the show, which they didn't, or it needs to do what they did before. Go right into it from another up-tempo song, like, like Shout It Out Loud. Or, or to stop and introduce this song, it doesn't work. I mean, it, once it got going, it's still Deuce, and I still love it. And they show the, 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 the videos and everything yeah. and then do, doing the Deuce dance. But having this song start from a, a, a from a stopped position in the set list is not good. No, it's like they're building it up. Like you don't need to. No. It's it is such a fucking throat punch yep. to open up with DRC and play something else, or just go into Deuce from DRC or yep. Deuce is the third song with nothing stopping. It's like nonstop punching you in the face. It was a weird, yeah, it was a weird set list change. I didn't understand that. I didn't like it at all. No, me neither. Um, So, and I thought the guitar wasn't as, as like, I don't think they let Tommy loose as much as he did in the previous times. He just didn't seem like it was that long. His soloing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that was just me. Um, So then Paul wants an invite and we know he wants to come out back and, you know, which great because he would be right in our face. 
Yeah. Um, and Paul likes to always mention when he's in Massachusetts, I spent my summers in Rockport. No, I've seen Kiss 21 times. Mm-hmm. I have never heard Paul Stanley once say he spent his summers in Rockport ever. I have I, never I mean, heard I've him. read it. I've heard him say that before. I've never heard him say that at a concert. No, maybe not at a concert. I'm trying right. to think if I did. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and, and then it's the thing. With, Shout my name. Yeah, but what was Fucking. the best part of that? Show my name. People are like, Paul, show my name. And all of a sudden we hear one guy in the back of us, right directly back, go, shut the fuck up and let's go. I literally almost shit myself laughing because you could hear it clear as day. The guy like literally screaming, shut the fuck up and let's go. <laughs> Oh, it was awesome. Oh, that was so that Paul like flies made my across, Love gun. He plays it right in front of us. He's doing dancing. It looked like he was singing it. He was right in front of us. He looked great. Yeah, looked great. Sounded yeah. great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I thought I thought it was, you know, the usual love gun. Pretty good performance. Yep. Then, as always, number 15, he goes right into I was made for loving you. This is when I'm like, it doesn't look like he's singing it. Me and it's, you again looked at e- me and you again looked at each other and we're like, ah, something ain't right here. Yeah, specifically the breakdown. Yeah, I can't get enough. Yep. that yep. shit. Yep, it, it seemed like he was. That was not him singing. It didn't. Um, correct. Yeah, it agreed. looked that looked painful. Yep. Um, then he flies back for Black Diamond. Paul's cringe opening. Another one of his fucking talking. Oh, yeah. like he can't just can't. He's not building up the song as well. Um, his uh, you know, out of uh, out on the streets for a living, and then Eric comes in. I thought Eric did a pretty good job on it this time. I thought his singing was much better on it. It was okay. It was okay. I was uh, I was I wasn't blown away by it. It was okay. It wasn't bad. I was just it was okay. Yeah. Um, and they ended Black Diamond, and you're like, woohoo, great! They had the they had the little sparkling things go off. Wee yep. wee wee! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people got a kick out of when he when Paul was coming over on the fucking on that thing sliding over. Oh, yeah. Wee, wee. <laughs> um, anyways, they end with Black Diamond, and then we wait for one minute, and the lights go out, and here comes a uh, little guy, Eric Singer, and it's what you say cardboard fake piano oh i looked at zeus i said i'll bet you a million bucks that piano has no fucking keys on it (laughs) (laughs) he sings a nice version of beth but it's a cover version of beth because we know it's just okay it's fucking unnecessary beyond belief but whatever (laughs) i wrote down good job chubs (laughs) (laughs) fat guy in a little coat oh man (laughs) Um, then they go into and Paul starts talking. I'm like, is he gonna come up with something? He goes, After a lot, we were nervous, so we put out a song, an album, Detroit Rock City. So I'm like, No, we put out an album called Destroyer. I'm like, Holy fuck, they're gonna play King of the Nighttime World. I'm like, Holy shit, they're gonna finally do. I'm like, King Me of the too. Night. And then he said, We had songs like Detroit Rock City. King of the nighttime world. I was like, God, fuck. Like, oh, fuck. There he goes. And yep. then you said, do you love me? I'm like, oh, yep. fuck. That's uh, right. Yep. And they played it. Great version. I love it. 
Me too. I love when the 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 keys go off and also yep. the bells are ringing and you see all the fucking nostalgia shit in the background. I yep. think it's great. Me too. I've always loved that song. So it was a it was a good performance. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and then finally going to rock and roll night and the fucking confetti is already blasting all over the place. It's you know which I and I and I loved it, but I thought it was interesting because of the, again another change because of the small venue. Gene and Tommy don't go out over the crowd on those extended. No, they arm just go things. up. Yeah, they yeah they just go up. But it was yeah. fucking great. The confetti, the balloons, the fu- I mean, they they really did a fucking spectacular ending there. It was it was yeah. great. I mean, we beat we say rock and roll all night. You know, it's beat into the ground. But there's nothing like seeing that close the show. It for me, I I love every minute of it all the time when they close with that. It was it was a great great ending to to the show. Yeah, um, I felt that you know it's another great show, and then the the whole fucking reality hits us like. Holy fuck, when the hell are we getting out of here? Oh, yeah. And then we went out into the fucking parking lot and stayed there for 45 minutes eating fucking cold chicken fingers and pizza. <laughs> and by that point, I don't know if I got my second win. I was just we fucking, were both fucking slap happy. The two of yeah, us. All I kept doing was trying to make him laugh. And, and so worked. anybody go by, I would get these burps. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> What the <laughs> fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and only wait until somebody walked by then, and then you just yell, people, yeah, Cheetah Chris is awesome. <laughs> we didn't get in, no one bit. I guess no. everybody was way more mature than us. We were trying to get people like, we were, like ace. we were trying to like antagonize people, but no one fucking cared. So eh, we failed. Oh, that was silly. And yep. then because I'm so anal and grossed out by things, I didn't go to the urinal. I pissed behind a fence over there. And you're like, yeah, you can piss over there. <laughs> right. Imagine if I got picked up, like the cop would probably be like, asshole. The yeah, there was still go- right here. Yeah, there was still golf cart like security people driving around at that hour. Yeah, it was, it like, was crazy. Fuck that. I'm not opening the door and touching shit stained Mr. Feces porta potty. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Yep. So, um, you know, me and Tom got stuck back there. We're playing tunes, uh, eating pizza, laughing, just you know, taking it all in. Exactly. And there was a ton of other people doing the same thing because the weather was perfect. It was a nice night and uh, the cars weren't moving. So we're like, fuck it, let's hang out, chill, enjoy the uh, enjoy the night. And we did. So it was it was. Th- and, and that's that's the beauty of an outdoor venue, being able to do that at, at tailgating. So, yeah, um, the thing is, uh, I, I can tell you right now, the night didn't end because Tommy had to drive me because it's on his way home. So yep. he has to drop me off and then he's going to drive another hour almost home. Yeah. The first thing we do when we get through the main part of the traffic, Tom's like, dude, dude, check this guy out. He's throwing up on the highway. Oh, it was fucking great. I'm like, oh, shit, that cause the cause pulled over the breakdown lane with the blinkers on. I'm like, that fucking dude's puking. Check it out. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we got to listen to some more tunes. We fucking laughed, joke. And that's what kiss is all about, folks. Do you like Kiss? <laughs> I think I did that too. I forgot about that oh, song. That's right. <laughs> Screaming that at people. Do you like Kiss? We're like walking through the concourse on the way to our seat. Do you guys like Kiss? Have you Me ever too. heard Destroyer? What's Do you your like favorite song off a of rock and roll over? Do you like Deuce? Me too. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. let's have one other little point I want to bring up. Go ahead. Oh. 
Tom, as always, is way more into this than I am. Let's go to the concession stand. Let's see what they got. Let's go to that. The line's down the fucking street. I'm, I go in. I got Tom wait in the line. I go up front to see what they got. I'm like, dude, it's the same fucking shit. Maybe one design, all 50 bucks, $65 t-shirts. Fuck that. You know this shit better than I do because you actually collect this shit. You go up and what did you think? They had one new design, but it looked exactly like the other design. And it's that design where it's like a, it's all like orange and gold and it's the band. It's pretty much the exact same thing. It's just the four band members in a different position. That's the only other thing. And then obviously the, the new dates and in, in, uh, cities and states on the back. But other than that, it's the exact same shirts. I get it. The show was delayed for 18 months, so they're not. But I would have liked to have seen some new gear. And again, I get some of it. OK, the show is postponed. Some of these people have never been to a show before. They don't care about people like me that have been to three or four of them. But I would have liked to have seen one or two or three more new designs because they did have time to do that. And, and they didn't. I saw one new design. That was it. Everything else was the exact same. Yeah, that is that is. I mean, I was like, Tom. Yeah, I could totally picture it. Oh, well, what new shirts you want? Hold on a minute. Yeah. Do we still have inventory from before? We paid for this. Let's sell that. Yeah, but the throw on a- throw on 2021 on the back and we'll call it a day. But the fans, they want to see something. Fuck the fans. <laughs> By the way, there's no Old Testament. <laughs> Yahweh came down and presented it. The book of Ezekiel says T-shirts are 50 bucks. <laughs> when Daniel went into the lion's den, it was to get a copy of the new love gun colored vinyl. He helped Daniel get out the lion's den. Yep. Gilligan, get, get all music from the elder. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our new theme. Gene Simmons reads the Bible. Gene Simmons hawks fucking kiss merchandise in the Bible. Look, Noah's Ark didn't just have two of each animal. He also had two versions of each kiss album. One on cassette, one on CD. Hold on. Jonah, don't <laughs> worry about the whale. Carry with you this Gene Simmons sword that you bought in Manchester for $10,000. That will help you slay the demon. Believe me, it is written. <laughs> oh, here we go. Fucking Gene Simmons. Fucking <laughs> fucking Gene Simmons Bible scholar. The book of Chaim. <laughs> we may see a visit from him during the Christmas season because last year we saw business mogul Gene Simmons. This, this year, this year we may see biblical salesman Gene Simmons. <laughs> the book of Chaim says you must first purchase Kiss merchandise before you enter the gates of heaven. <laughs> All right. All right. So we talked about that. And by the way, I picked up a $20 bootleg t-shirt and the way out. Fuck it. Yeah, I know. They were great. The best part about the bootleg t-shirts was the back of it had the uh, four faces from the solo albums. <laughs> we saw more people with the Kiss bootleg shirt 
than I've ever seen any time at any other Kiss concert. Because they were twenty bucks and they were awesome. Yeah, they're all in there. They fit a little snug, like like my shout it out loud gas shirt that I got. Like spandex T-shirt you got. Oh, there. and I got to wear our fucking Kiss Cabana fucking. Uh, shirt and I'm like that came from China I'm like Tom I think this one's even more snug he's like just don't button it wear it over it I'm like All I right. got I got I got mine mine's a little different than yours I got mine ready to wear on the cruise yeah yeah that was fun oh, well yeah. anyways Tom till the next time we get to narrate a kiss concert this may be our last who knows yep so real quick before we move on where do you put this amongst the four like you don't have to rank it necessarily, but in terms of like enjoyment, energy, performance, what, what do you think? I'm not sure, Tom. I would, if, man. Um, uh, Manchester's last, no doubt. No I, doubt. I, I'm pretty sure, Tom. We ranked the one in the garden better than the one that was number one, and then yep. we saw them in uh, Mohegan. Yes. Yep. So I would say pretty sure that i would say the garden show was probably the best yeah i uh, agree that's the one with murph are you sure that's that I, I thought that was second it was well, yeah it was second but we re- no i'm sorry we ranked it first okay yeah but it was the second show Mohegan was the first correct so the garden one would be there um i would probably say the garden then this and they might be one I might switch those at some point. Yeah. Then Mohegan and then uh, Man- uh, Manchester. Yeah, this one was it was great, and and I think it it, it there really were intangibles, Tom. In this, the, one. the intangibles to this one were the crowd having that energetic crowd singing along, clapping along, fist pumping in the air. And again, I've said it a million times tonight. I'm going to say it again: having that tight, smaller stage. Having everybody on top of each other added to the experience. Manchester, I thought, was way too spread out. The stage was huge. It felt like the band was a mile away from the crowd. The crowd was dead. They sat down all night. That was a dud. So I'm happy that this was a pleasant experience, especially when we went in with no expectations. Yeah, I mean, the only other last thought I forgot to say is I my daughter did go with me to the one in uh, Mohegan Mohegan Sun. So. Maybe I'll, I'd throw that first for me just because she was there. Yep. But overall, performance-wise for the band, I'd probably go one was this, two was the Garden, three was Mohegan, four was Manchester. Yep. All right. Nice. All right, Tom. What we do next is this. Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTeaShop.com. And for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTeaShop.com. At Click T Shop, you can find lots of Kiss inspired t shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. All right, so the question of the week, this one comes from Andrew off of Facebook. And uh, this is a cool question. It's kind of topical. It's related to the fact that Metallica just announced that in conjunction with the 30th anniversary of the release of the Black Album, they're going to be launching the Metallica podcast. And they're going to be talking about the Black Album. They're going to be doing behind the scenes, the making, recording, writing, et cetera, et cetera. So his question is kind of two-part. Would you ever want to see Kiss the band, Paul and Gene or whoever, do a podcast like this? And secondly, do you think they would ever 
do this? Do you think they would ever record a podcast where they can say what they want, record what they think, and put it out there for the masses to ex- to experience and behind the scenes on Destroyer, behind the scenes on MTV Unplugged, et cetera, et cetera? You answer first. What do you think? Yes, they will do a podcast. It will be a KISS-sanctioned podcast with nothing but positivity. What they'll have is like positive shit. Well, they'll have a host that only kisses out. It's like Nessens talking about the Bruins or or talking about the Red Sox in depth. A background story on uh, fucking uh, Chris Sale. Like, you know, it's puff pieces. And it'll be promoting KISS, promoting KISS stuff. And once in a while, one of the band members will come on. Oh, Paul's going to talk about his new Broadway show. Or Paul's going to, Gene's going to come up, uh, talk about Bitcoin. You know, just a way for them to make money and have people say, you know how many people we get to listen to Kiss Podcast and uh, make money. Yeah, I could totally see them doing it. And it'll be a fucking shit show. You'll learn probably nothing on most of the stuff when the band talks, but they might have interesting stuff when they look into like new products or background and stuff. They could, if they did it right. Yeah. I think it would be fucking great. And to be honest with you, I know with, with the tour, oh, I, I, I can't believe that Gene and Paul didn't think about doing this during, during COVID when, when they weren't touring. Um, because I think that they love to talk. They love to talk about kiss it and put their spin on the history of events and what they like and don't like, et cetera. I think it would be fucking amazing. Do I think that it was something they would do, they would do in the future? I, I do because podcasting is the way to go to get your message out there. Unfiltered direct messaging to your fans. I think the Metallica podcast is going to be fucking amazing. We're recording on Thursday, the, uh, August 19th. The, the first episode drops tomorrow, Friday, August 20th. So by the time you hear this, the first episode will be out. Kit, uh, Metallica is an extremely honest band, especially Lars. He's really honest. I think it's going to be great. And I wish and I hope because Metallica is my right up there with Kiss, my second favorite band of all time. I love everything Metallica does. So I'm going to be eating up this podcast. I can't wait. So I'm hoping that Kiss gets on board and does something. I could see Gene and Paul do it or one of them or maybe some independent contractor who is paid by Kiss to do a retrospective on, you know, fucking alive or whatever. I'd love to see it. Um, it's something exciting to think about whether or not you'd learn anything. Probably not, but that's okay. Uh, Kiss fans, we just we'll, we'll just consume anything Kiss related. So uh, it's a great question. I, I'm, I'm glad you asked it because I'd love to hear other people's opinions on if they would want it and what they think it would be. So uh, great question, and uh, thank you for that. And if you're a Metallica fan, check out that Metallica podcast that's dropping after you listen to Shout Out Loudcast, of course. Yeah, um, I would guess to say. For everybody out there, people would eat it up, but you know it could be kind of bland. That's the, my only fear. Could be, and uh, but that's why people just continue to listen to Shout It Out Loudcast for all their kiss needs. Bingo! Great segue. So, uh, Tom, where uh, where can people find us? Uh, every week, our email best place to uh, to reach out to us is Shout It Out Loudcast at gmail dot com. Shout It Out Loudcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we read every one of your emails. Believe me, we talk about them. Uh, we read most of them on the air, uh, but we do read every single one of them, and we try to respond to them in some way, shape, or form, whether it's uh, by actually writing you back or responding when we read it on the air. So check us out there with the email. And, of course, the uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, reach out to us, comment, tag us. You can send us DMs on all those. 
Uh, we're very interactive on the social medias as well. Uh, and of course, we've talked about Patreon a little bit be- at the beginning of the show. Jump on there, patreon.com or the app and look for Shout Out Loudcast. Check out what we're offering. Become part of the family. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, and we're also part of the great Pantheon Podcast Network. We said that earlier in the show. Our, the great guest from last week, Carmine Peace. he has a show in there with his brother, hanging and banging on uh, Pantheon. So check those guys out. And there's a ton of other shows on there, too. That's great stuff. And, of course, our uh, sponsor for Question of the Week, our good buddy Ed for Click T-Shop, Click with a K. He designed our great logo, and he has tons of fantastic Kiss-related gear on his website. So check him out. Yep. Hey, you can DM us on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we like getting those DMs. We also like you to go on and subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube, YouTube has been blowing up, and we love the fact that you guys have been uh, subscribing and liking and commenting there. Also, give us one of those five-star star. child reviews so people can find our podcast on Apple iTunes. When you do that, we obviously give you a shout out. and We really appreciate that as well. Uh, I always like to repeat the email. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. We love the feedback. We love the interaction. Keep the podcast growing and keep interacting. Tom, do you have any famous last words? Oh, always. You can't forget me, baby. Don't try to lie. You'll never leave me, Mama. So don't try. That's right, baby. Will you be a gambler? Oh, I'll lay down the bets. Ooh, that lady was sweating. That was sitting next to me. (laughs) Dude, that was international BO right there. (laughs) Tom, all right. Strike down the one who leads me. I'm going to take his place. Going to vindicate the human race. Because it's not your place. (laughs) Ace Frehley. (laughs) Oh, God. Is that what he does? Maybe we'll, go into, maybe, go we'll go into that, maybe we'll go into that in detail with some Patreon folk once in a while. Uh, we're mm-hmm. not going to be dropping that on this show. <laughs> Is that what he does? Oh. Um, <laughs> Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. As always, a special shout out every week to the Patreon family. Uh, please tag us in your comments. Check us out and let us know what you think of the show that you have been to. Post your pictures, give your comments, your thoughts, your opinions. Let us know if there's set list changes, if something crazy happens. Be part of the family on our Shout Out Loudcast Facebook page, the Loudcasters group, and Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show you're going to. And as always, Zeus, my friend and partner in crime, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 